Good morning, everyone. It's Dr. P, and welcome to another episode of the Daily Inspirational Podcast. Hey, so what's up? Listen, you feeling depressed these days? Well, get in line, man. Just about everybody's got something going on. Anxiety, depression, it's beating the piss out of us. And um, today I'm going to talk about it on this podcast, but this is kind of an interesting podcast. It was just before COVID hit. I was with um, the guys over at Ross Mortgage in Westboro, Mass. They invited me on, you know, for a half hour or so to talk about whatever. And uh, what was on my mind at the time was depression. You know, I see so much of it in my clinic and, uh, you know, basically everywhere today, right? Even as COVID went on. And um, so I talked a little bit about what the deal is with the medications and the depressive affect itself and where it comes from. Um, it's actually a pretty good, decent conversation about maybe some things that you've been experiencing yourself or, you know, maybe some of your family members, but I, I think it's quite educational from a doctor patient uh, standpoint. And I, I think you'll like it. So when it begins, you'll hear Bob talking cause it's actually his podcast. I just downloaded the data and put it onto mine. I thought it would be good for my audience too have an opportunity to, uh, to hear me speak about this. So anyway, uh, I hope you enjoy it. And I hope if you're suffering from depression and anxiety that maybe this uh, little conversation might help you. And if you need help in the future, or at least uh, someone to talk to. Remember, I have a, a secondary business as a life coach and you can always get a hold of me at DRP as in Dr. P, drp at drpercoco.com, drp at drpercoco.com. All right, anyway, uh, I'll go ahead and uh, play the podcast and I hope you enjoy it. I'll talk to you soon. Welcome back. You're listening to Get Real and I'm your host, Bob Callagher. I'm joined in the studio today by Kevin Coleman and Mike McCormick, our co-hosts. And I actually got Mike's name right, so we got that going for us. We're joined in studio today by a very special guest, Dr. Peter Pococo, or Dr. P, as he likes to be called. Dr. P is a board-certified chiropractic neurologist with 30 years in clinical practice. He's taught clinical neurology to doctors all over the world. He's an inspirational speaker, a vlogger, a podcaster, a life coach, a husband and father to two beautiful kids. Welcome to the show, Dr. P. Oh, thank you for having me, Bob. It's great to be back. I want to say hi to Kevin and uh, Mike to the left of me, who has a great tan, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which is uh, makes him not part of my story, because today I want to talk a little bit about depression mm. and anxiety. You know, in my clinical practice, I've been in practice just around, just over 30 years now, 31 years coming up. And what I've found is that so many of my patients and their families are dealing with depression and anxiety. Right. I mean, if you go today to the internet and just take a quick peek, you'll be like, what? Do you know that 55 million Americans wake up every day taking antidepressant medication? That's the population of Texas and Florida. 55 million? 55 million wow, people Wow, I didn't take. know it was that high. I didn't either. Until I started looking into it. And the thing was, right, all of a sudden I'm, I'm in my practice and I'm treating people for years. And I mean, I've been around a long time, but every time I look down and I, I look at their intake forms, mm -hmm. I see things like Xanax, Wellbutrin, Prozac, Citalopram, Lorazepam. I go on forever, right? Mm -hmm. These are all select serotonin reuptake inhibitors. And so these people are taking this medication because they don't feel good, right? right. right. They're dealing with some sort of depressed, anxious situation. And I'm like, hmm. So I started asking more about it. I'm like, is there any correlation between the way these people feel emotionally and the way they feel physically? Mm. Because now they're in my office and I'm recognizing quickly that 
there's something going on here beyond the pain that they're experiencing. There's something else. So I started to interview them. I'm like, so how long have you been taking this Italopram? Oh, uh, I've been taking it for four years. Is it working? Uh, I don't know. I've never come off of it. Well, did it work when you took it at first? Well, at first I felt good, but I don't really feel anything now. I'm like, oh, well, that got me thinking. Mm-hmm. I got to take a look at this. And what is this whole thing about depression? What, what is it about? You know, does depression come from inside or does it come from outside? Mm-hmm. That becomes the big question today, right? Mm-hmm. Am I depressed? We'll say, if I'm depressed. Am I depressed because I have a broken brain? It's possible, mm-hmm. but am I depressed because I have a really tough life and there's a lot of things going on around me? What do you guys think? What do you think the most common thing is? Broken brains of 55 million people are taking it every year? No way. No way. Come mm. on, Kevin. It can't be. Nope. It can't be. Now, you, 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 you have to make sense of things, but how about common sense every once right. in a while? Doesn't that just, you know, 55 million people are going to wake up today with the same brain disorder? Uh, and listen, is there any validity to the fact that, you know, medication may help? Well, I wanted to explore that. Yeah, I mean, what do you think that is, is is a product of society today where there's a pill for everything to kind of cure your ails and people just want an easy fix and a lot of a lot of the stuff that you're talking about takes a little bit of work for yourself to make yourself better. So, you know, it, you know, and and everybody wants an easy fix and is this I'm guessing is is going to be a little bit more work than taking a pill every day, right? Well, it is, but the thing about the pill is that we have to ask the first question, does it even work? And what's the premise behind it? So the premise is this that when I say the word select serotonin reuptake inhibitor, SSRI, that's the category of the medication that people take for depressed states and anxiety states. So when they take these, these medications, the medical teams or the medical researchers believed that it was because we had low serotonin in the brain. So if you produce a low complement of serotonin, what happens to you? You wind up in a depressed state. And they were like, wait a minute, is this true or not? Well, the scientists put it to work and said, uh, nope, it's actually not true. So what they did was they took a bunch of people who were not depressed, hammered them with medication to drop their serotonin levels to nothing. Nothing happened. They weren't depressed. How about that? Can you imagine? (laughs) It's like, what? Now, listen, I know there's going to be people listening to this podcast at home and say, listen, Prozac saved my life. And you know what? I... I understand that. And there's, there is some validity, by the way, to the fact that you're going to change something in the brain with these medications, but it's very, very small and indescript. They did a research study where they took um, three different groups and they, they said to group one, you're going to take medication and it's for depression. Group two, you're going to take it for depression. And group three, you're taking nothing. Because some people would just heal anyway, right? Mm-hmm. They just naturally, so you have to leave that as part of the study. So group two though, who was told you're going to take medication, they got a sugar pill. Mm. And the people in group one who were told they were going to take medication got the medication. So when they looked at the outcome to see what were the positives of the outcome, group three, which is the group that had um, done nothing, they just mm-hmm. followed them, 25% of, of the uh, results came from that group. 50% of the results came from the people that took the sugar pill. And 25% of the results and the outcome came from those who took the medication. So what does it say? That in the research study, 75% of the people got better without what? Without medication. Yeah. Now that was something to look at. Well, that freaked out the scientists. They were like, what? Probably so, the drug companies too. Yeah. Well, no. Oh, Bob, you nailed it because that's their cash cow, right? Mm-hmm. They love this. If 55 million people are taking their medication, they don't want to give it up. Now, how could they possibly get this through this study all the way to the shelves. How could that even happen? Mm -hmm. Well, if you look at the FDA, they're supposed to protect us, right? They're our watchdog. Mm -hmm. But here's the reality that not a lot of people and doctors don't recognize, is that to get your drug on the market, you need at least two positive studies 
that are placebo controlled, double blinded, like the ones I just said. And as long as you can produce two, then the feds will give you the right to, to produce your pill. Mm -hmm. So many of these SSRIs had 1000 or more studies and only two were positive. Seriously, I'd do that many studies just to get the two positives. Get this. I think it was Zoloft. Uh, don't quote me out there. I, I think it's Zoloft, but it's one of them. 1,000 studies were performed. 998 studies were negative to the medication, that it didn't work and it was causing harm. And the other two studies were positive. So they're in. That's so crazy. they don't care how many studies you have to do to get the two. Well, that get, seems like a pretty easy rule change to me. Now, who makes the rules? Well, you would say the feds do, but who do the feds listen to? Big Pharma. Mm -hmm. Who provides the, the revenue for 90% of all research? Big, Big pharma. pharma. So they can change it any way they want. But here's the hook. They could sell it really easy. Kevin, if I said to you, hey, listen, I know you've been a little blue and a little bit depressed lately. I'm going to give you this medication because you've got a problem in your brain. There's something in there. We have a chemical imbalance. So don't worry about it. It's not your fault. So I'm going to give you this pill and it's going to make your serotonin levels come up and you're going to be fine. And Kevin goes, sign me sign up. Because that's pretty easy, right? Now right. that goes back to what you said. Right. Let's make it easy with a pill. Right. But I would suggest this. Can you imagine, Bob, if they said to you, just take this pill, you'll be fine. That means that you're a victim to your DNA. Mm -hmm. You'll never be any more. That is very discriminatory against you. And now you're nothing more. You can't be like Peter. You can't be like Kevin. And you can't be like Mike, even though Mike's sleeping with the headset <laughs> on. You can't be like him because you have a genetic default. And that's the problem. Mm -hmm. When in reality, it isn't that. Mm -hmm. Listen, and again, there is validity to the fact that when people take the medication, they feel great. But it's placebo. Mm -hmm. It's placebo. Irving Kirsch, who's the number one medical evaluator at uh, researcher at Harvard Medical. He is the king of placebo studies. And he is hammering Big Pharma and all of their proponents that want these drugs to continue to go through. Mm -hmm. And there's, so there's this big, massive battle going on, but it continues to show that it's placebo-based. So if you could take a medication like Zoloft, Wellbutrin, or Xanax, what would that do to you? It, it has a potential to make you better. Mm -hmm. How come? Because you believe it. Right. That's what placebos are. And as long as you believe that you could be better, then you can actually become better. The problem is, is the side effects from it are nasty. And that's the crazy thing is I thought the reason for the double blind studies with placebo was just to make sure that you act, the side effects were real. That like to make sure that let's say you were taking the, the real drug and the other person isn't. You both have the same symptoms. Well, it is not really a side effect. I had no idea that it was really to see if the drug actually had any positive effect on you. Well, let me tell you about the side effect. This is a funny one. Dr. Siegel uh, at uh, uh, Harvard. Mm -hmm. He does a research study where he's treating people with, um, uh, they all had cancer. Mm -hmm. So he's going to put them on a drug for uh, a chemotherapy drug. After six weeks, 60% of them lost their hair, but not one of them took medication uh, or the, uh, the chemotherapy. They were all taking saline. So the side effect wow. is also suggestive right off the bat. Wow. So that's why you have to have the third arm study. You yeah. have to have a third that yeah. says what would happen naturally, right? Yep. It's like, holy moly. You mean to tell me that depression and anxiety is not because of a broken brain? Well, let's just say if it is, it's very small. Mm -hmm. So that begs the big question. How do we overcome this then? Because what is the problem? Think of it like this, Mike. 
you've got a little island called Mike Island, which represents Mike and his brain. And he takes his cues or his his shipments from the outside world. So they build roads into his brain. You've got the person that comes in and delivers the Wi-Fi, those that come in to deliver the groceries. And all this delivery is basically data and information. And he has to respond to it. But he just heard that his daughter's sick and he has to get up and leave because she's at the hospital. I hope it doesn't happen, Mike. But you can see how that would be very mm-hmm. stressful, right? Yeah. He just found out he's not going to be uh, getting a bonus this month. That's your problem, Bob. <laughs> so in time, you go, what the heck is going on here? We're, we're, we're missing out on the fact that we're literally living in a world that is stressing us and no one is asking these questions. Physicians aren't asking the questions. So, Bob, how you been doing? Mm-hmm. What's going on at home with you and your family and your wife? And how's your business going? If you realize that, you'd have a way to, to talk to the person and give what everybody needs, which is empathy and compassion. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as you feel somebody who's empathetic to you, who's already been a sufferer, who's overcome, you're connected. Mm-hmm. And the connection is key. So here would be the big question of all. If it's not from a brain fart, so to mm-hmm. speak, then what is it? And I'll tell you right now, for all our listeners at home, it's loneliness. Really? Yep. It's loneliness. All the research points to it. It couldn't be any stronger. It's loneliness. What about schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, all that stuff? Is that something totally different? Or So, so with schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, and those others, you're on a different paradigm at the moment, right? Mm-hmm. You're looking at some serious dysfunction in the brain. And right. we do know that there are certain biological factors that promote that, even gotcha. genetics, right? Gotcha. Some would say, well, listen, my mom's depressed, so I'm depressed. Mm-hmm. But here's something interesting about that, that when you're depressed, right? Uh, let's say you do have a depressed family and you believe that you're going to get it. Mm-hmm. What we found is that when you take people that have depression and you look at their genome and you do a, uh, you investigate the entire gene, what you find out is that they have uh, certain subsets of genes, which are pretty much the same in other people that have depression. The key is though, that if everybody has, if you have these genes, it doesn't mean you get depressed. Mm -hmm. You still need the outside events to cause them to turn on. Mm -hmm. So you could have the gene, doesn't mean you're gonna express it. So if you do start to express it, where does the expression come from? The outside world, it's very difficult. So loneliness is really important because if we don't have human connection, Man, you're in big trouble mm-hmm. because listen, I, all three, all four of us are married mm-hmm. and I hope all our wives are listening because we just had a conversation off set here about how much we love them and how mm-hmm. wonderful they are to yeah. us and the meaning that they bring to our lives. I think I said my <laughs> wife was perfect in every way. I think that was, I, I heard that. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty much consensus, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was cons- it was consensus. It is what it is. Mm. But you know, here's something interesting. If you are lonely, then you, it's the same as smoking 17 cigarettes a day. It's like, what? what? Loneliness leads to depression. It leads to uh, diabetes. It's a cause of early death like you can't imagine. Listen, if you lived in in Beijing, China, right? You're in Beijing, China. What's the air quality? Terrible. Horrible. If you live someplace with poor air quality, you have a 5% increased risk of early death. But if you're obese, you're 20% increased Mm. in early morbidity. If you drink alcohol excessively, it jumps to 30% of spontaneous morbidity, which means you're going to die, people at home. Mm. 45% when you're lonely. Wow. Lonely. But when you brought up loneliness, you're, you're talking to us earlier. It's not necessarily that you're you're living by yourself in, in a hovel or a hermit. It's, I mean, you can be lonely, you know, married, have kids, like That's along right. those lines, right? Right. So, so the, the interesting thing about loneliness, Kevin, is this, is that to... To overcome loneliness and to make connection is huge. Many people, unfortunately, don't get there and then they feel like I've just been wronged by the world. So then they become anxious and they begin to worry that the world doesn't support them. And then what they do is they look around the room and they begin in their mind 
to detract and get away from people because they feel that people will hurt them when what they really need is to go towards them and maintain connection, but they don't. Mm -hmm. So they start this cycle and the cycle continues. Then they get sick. Then they're sick and they're alone. Now, loneliness is interesting. Imagine if you were going to Grand Central Station every day on a train with a bunch of people. You're still lonely. Mm -hmm. Go to a Pats game. You're still lonely. Because here's the, the underlying importance about loneliness. To overcome it, you must be able to give in to the relationship that you're in. And by the way, you only need one. Imagine if I, I was just in the hospital over the weekend. I won't tell you the whole thing, but it, I'm good today. So let's leave it at that. But I'm in the hospital, right? So I'm there and the nurses and the doctors are all tending to me, but I'm not tending to them. So therefore, I'm still lonely, even though the mm -hmm. world is taking care of me. Mm -hmm. But in the moment when I can grab a nurse, that, wait a minute. wow, did you hear The mic woke up. Did you hear yeah, yeah. Like, Wait a minute. <laughs> wait for the punchline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I grab the nurse by the hand and say, thank you so much for treating me so wonderfully, then she smiles back at me. Mm -hmm. Now I'm not lonely. I just gave into it. When I say gave in, I invested into the relationship. Mm -hmm. How many relationships does it take to overcome it? One. So you find one person, hopefully you have one that you sleep with. All four of us men in this room, we have a wife mm -hmm. and all of our wives are incredible. And then I mean that sincerely. So having an incredible person that you can talk into, having a family today in the world where you're having children that you can breathe life into, you're protecting yourself against the loneliness, which is causing the bodily damage and leading to depression and anxiety, which is interrupting everything in your life that you wished for yourself when you were young. And now we get older and everything starts to go down. Mm-hmm. It's like, what are we thinking? What are we doing? Well, no one's talking to us to help us understand this. Would it be so hard if you were a commuter to sit on a train and offer your seat to an older person and then talk to them for a couple of minutes and say, hey, when were you born? Oh, I was born in 1931. Oh, my God. My mother was born in 28. Now you're having a conversation. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be so lonely. Right. Right? People everywhere. Just connect. Yeah. And, and listen, I know it's a woke world. We can't touch people. But what, you know, when it's appropriate to hug somebody, mm -hmm. hug them. And in those moments, you get that connection, which lowers the blood pressure, reduces the insulin desensitization, and everything starts to work again. Mm -hmm. it's, it really shouldn't be this difficult. So one of the, the messages that I really wanted to bring to people at home today, listening to the podcast, is try not to succumb to the fact that you have a broken brain and you need to take medication for it. Listen, if you take a medication and it's working, I'm okay with that. But you mm -hmm. should know the truth, that you might be able to, in the future, do it without the medication, which would then maybe promulgate your decisions to go to a workout facility facility where you could celebrate your physical body and your health, where you could spend time with kids and donate a little bit of time in your life to people who love and care for you. Mm -hmm. And as you continue to do that, you become the living epitome of love and empathy and compassion. And if the world has more and more of this, then the families can survive. Our economy can thrive. We can be a much better nation on every individual basis. So we're not waking up every day, taking more and more medication. Yeah. That's my, that's my message today for everybody at home is just entertain it. There's a lot more, there's a lot more chicken on this bone as they say we could do this for five hours mm. but I just wanted them to know that it's not simply just because your brain is broken and you don't have uh, the right amount of serotonin most right. of us have what we need we just don't know how to use it right yep. and one thing before we break uh, you mentioned before we got started today like the phone the, you know, the digital connection yes you gotta let go of it if you want to connect with people around you, right? You do. Now, I know, and you guys know as well as I do, we're all businessmen. Mm -hmm. So we need our phone in certain situations for text and for whatever. We yeah. need it. But there has to be a point in the day where you put it down and then go sit with somebody. Yes. You know, so you can have both. Yeah. If you're a kid listening to this, you can play Xbox. Yeah. But you've got to minimize some of the time so that you have other time out so that you're integrating with people. Right. And in today, where it's a world of artificial intelligence, mm -hmm. how these kids are scared. They're never going to get a job. But in reality, jobs are waiting for them for those that know how to communicate. 
communicate, that knows how to have eye contact, right. those that are empathetic. The corporate world is dying for those types of uh, those type of applicants. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely is right. So where can people listening uh, learn more about you or, or con- connect with you? Okay, so uh, you're welcome to catch me at drprococo.com, D-R. P-E-R-C-U-O-C-O, drprococo.com. Um, if you want to know more about the depressed action here, uh, this this talk today, I did a podcast in, on my uh, my podcast on the website. It's called um, uh, Am I Depressed? Episode 27. So mm-hmm. anybody that pops in, you can check it out there. And then, of course, I'm on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify. I'm on every other thing that's out there. And the name of my podcast is called mm-hmm. The Daily Inspirational Podcast. Excellent. Yep. Great. Thanks for joining us again, Dr. P. It was great to have you back. I appreciate it, guys. We'll uh, see each other again soon. Sounds good. We're going to take a quick break for commercials. We'll be back after this.